does he want? He claims... I know what he claims, Adam said, waving his hand. I've seen that much. But whether he's telling the truth, I can't tell you. You're not a lot of help. Adam let out a booming laugh at that, and Tamas found himself grinning. That laugh was all Mihali. Brooder. Brooder, brooder, brooder. Adam shook his head, wiping tears of mirth from his eyes. He is the youngest of us, you know. Hello, and welcome to A Journey Through Fantasy. On this episode, we'll be covering chapters 47 through the epilogue of The Autumn Republic, the final book in the Powder Mage trilogy by Brian McClellan. I am Patrick. Hey, I'm Matt. Hey, I think I'm getting better at this. I can look yeah. at you and actually get through it now. I'm also not like intentionally trying to sabotage you. So no, like, that's good. I haven't been for a while. I definitely was, no. to begin no. with, but like, yeah, I haven't been for a while and you still just couldn't look at me. I know I'm ugly. I, I know I'm very ugly, but you know. Hey, if I couldn't keep from looking at you, then that means you must be hot. Mm. Uh, that just reminds me of the SpongeBob episode where he, uh, he has the bad breath. Yeah. And he thinks it's because he's ugly. So he walks up to a guy and he goes, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I'm so ugly. And he goes, no, it's okay, dear boy. <laughs> i love it because uh i, I guess i'm gonna I, i'm making a reference to us but i'm having to relate us to another podcast so there's another podcast similar called the the duke and duchess whatever and i was just telling another friend today that like they keep making pop culture references that i may not understand and so i go off searching for for stuff so like they they're covering the way of kings and they compare one of the guys compared Dalinar to I believe they said the name was Jordan Catalano which is Jared Leto's character in my so-called life and I had never watched that so I went and like watched the first well I tried to watch the first episode I couldn't make it through <laughs> but um uh and then like today they I can't somebody. picture Dalinar being represented by Jared Leto in any way or form <laughs> well the um later on that's the, like having the rock being portrayed by like freaking josh gad or something like that yeah. well see it, it's a married couple that run the pocket the podcast and so later on she mentioned that she thought what who's the arden who is like flirting with shallan cat casper or something like that oh uh i don't remember his name it's been a while from way of king i know yeah. who you're talking about yeah she said that is who she thought uh, was the Jared Leto character. <laughs> I would believe his character. So I don't remember his name, but I remember like most things about him. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, Jared Leto would portray him more <laughs> aptly than. Uh... But then in today, like they mentioned the ninety five thesis, which I didn't know too much about. So I was like, let me go look that up. So they got me going all over the place, and I and I say all that to say like. Like an old 95 Thesis pop culture reference. <laughs> You're calling Martin, pop Martin Luther coming in hot with his pop culture. I'm over here not knowing anything about it, and I'm like a con I like I'm a Church of Christ convert to Catholicism. You think I should know things about this? <laughs> Martin Luther finna drop the hottest mixtape of the year, 95 <laughs> Theses, talking about predestination. <laughs> predestination. But um uh I said all that to say, like, we're making pop culture reference, but it's always like SpongeBob. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure we referenced SpongeBob, like, probably five times this whole what? year. 
Well, one thing uh, I have been told is that I have a terrible memory. That's one of the reasons I'm really bad with pop culture references. Yeah. There is one exception to the rule, and it is SpongeBob. <laughs> so, like, any type of memory that I have, like, all of my RAM inside my brain is being consumed by, like, or all of my storage, rather, in my brain is being consumed yeah. by SpongeBob memes. And, like, yeah. I sent you that meme, like, 10 minutes before we yeah. started recording. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So you're getting your daily dose of SpongeBob pop culture references. But, All I know um, is that you go, you go pretty ham with the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh mixed with <laughs> King of the King. Hill memes. You send those to me all the time and they're always hilarious. I love every single <laughs> one of them, but I, I can't help but think to myself, like what the fuck part of the internet is Patrick on? <laughs> I wish Where I Where does he find <laughs> Yugi? In fucking Hank Hill hanging out and making <laughs> memes together. I tell you what. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I didn't understand a damn thing you just told me, but boy, you have the heart of the cards. Whatever, <laughs> whatever that meme was. God dang. That was um, good. Yeah, that was good. Um, all right. So here we go. <laughs> chapter, chapter 47. Um, what did we say about no bullshit in the night? <laughs> hey, we, 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 we carried it over into the podcast normally we have to spend about 30 minutes doing this beforehand and um, five minutes of it is just us just staring at each other ugly <laughs> ugly um so <laughs> chapter 47 um tamis meets with adam at charlemagne's villa uh I'm adam ex- say mahali lamal yeah yeah it's 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 see i i guess i transferred it over to adam since i didn't want to say charlemagne um so I'm like, I'm just going to call him Adam since the book is starting to call him that. Um, yeah. So Adam explains that Kresimir's counterstroke at South Pike should have killed Taniel, uh, but Capel's wards protected him. Capel realized that a soul was needed to bring Taniel back, so she took Charlemagne's while he was in, in the coma. So when Kresimir killed Adam in the last book, uh, he found Charlemagne's body and transferred his essence. During that brief moment, he felt Bruda's influence on the world. Adam explains that Bruda is the youngest of the, the gods and that he was always in Kresimir's shadow. Tamis asks him to confront Bruda with them, um, but Adam refuses, fearing something has made Bruda more powerful. And, like, one thing I didn't like about this is just, like, Tamis kept saying you're useless or something to that mm-hmm. effect in this conversation. I'm like... No, like that's his brother, and you already know that Adam is pretty much a pacifist. Like yeah. he's gonna avoid confrontation. He he yeah. he believes that there's another way to do things. You're gonna sit here and say, "I thought you'd be more useful. Why are you being useless?" Yeah. I think the, I think the word "useless" literally was used. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I don't under right. I don't understand this. Like, I don't yeah. know. It it wasn't. The conversation wasn't between a god and a mortal. It was yeah. between two equals, it felt like. Which yeah. is which is fine, but like and I like that. I like that aspect of it, but like how are you just gonna sit there and say like that this dude's useless? Like Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of like I was a little irritated on both sides like I, like i wasn't like super mad about it but like i was kind of put off by adam because like i mean yeah he's a pacifist but like 
this could be like the end of everything. <laughs> and I, so I was like, I thought he would be, not that I don't expect, not that I expected it. Well, I guess I did. I just was, well, I was hoping that he was going to be more like, yes, I will help in some way, maybe not in violent, in a violent way, but I will help in some way I can, there's some things I can do kind of like he did with when he, was gonna like when he helped when he was feeding the city and stuff like that well that and when he like brought the fog in when they needed yeah. him at, when they were getting chased but then i but, but then again i was again i was ticked off with the way tamas was talking to him as well so like i was kind of mutually kind of like it kind of felt like manufactured drama that i thought was stupid <laughs> also but like in that conversation you know adam talks about the power that he has which is greater than kresimir now yeah, talk about Bruda. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, is that how the audiobook says it? Bruda? Yeah, Bruda. I've just been Bruda. saying brood. I'm brooding over there. Um in brood. In brood. Um, I think I made that joke last week and it wasn't funny last week. Um I giggled last week and this week. Internally. <laughs> I was in a, like a morning long meeting this morning and it was on uh half of it was on damn safety. Oh, and the God. guy next to me kept making damn puns. That's the worst. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even laugh. Like, he was finding it hilarious that I was sitting there looking at him, like, disappointed. <laughs> I wasn't no, even not... looking disappointed. I was just looking completely unamused. Like, why are you fucking talking to me? Yeah. That's a side point. Um, but, yeah, like, back to what I was saying. I don't think that it's because he's not offering to help. I think it's that he truly doesn't believe there's anything he can do to help in that situation. Yeah, and and that's kind of how I felt after the fact. It's like, well, dang, they they must be really in over their heads. If yeah. if Adams feels like there's nothing he can do, um, yeah. And yeah. we and we kind of get more like we understand the the hows and the whys of it a little bit more or more yeah. later. Yeah. My favorite thing about this little part of the chapter, though, was him explaining, you know, how he transfers his essence. He said that that's normal, not normally how he does it. And, you know, can, uh, you know, taking the husk of like an adult or something yeah. like that. He usually uh, weaves his essence into like an unborn baby. That, that might be stillborn. Yeah, that might yeah. like, yeah, that might not have a chance to survive or something like that. That's pretty cool. I like that. But that brings up another point, like that we haven't discussed is that the gods are old yeah the gods and but i didn't think about it you know knowing mahali you know what that wasn't his body i knew that but i wasn't thinking about it in context of the other gods i didn't either and 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 even more to that point i and maybe I didn't know this, but in Promise of Blood, when we first meet Mahali and then we hear that he is Adam reincarnated, part of me thought that he took Mahali's body. Mahali was already a person. But I guess this even more confirms that, no, like, Mahali was born into this life as Adam reborn, which makes I, sense, but I didn't think about it that way. And I had also thought, and this got explained that either early, no, it, it got explained in... Um, crimson campaign mm -hmm. that but i thought you know his presence was because of kresimir oh yeah 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 you know all I'm these weird things happening i know that he showed up pre-kresimir's 
you know, resurrection or whatever, but like, yeah. you know. So Kresimir, I think at this point is the only God, not in some form, not in some kind of reincarnation because he just, he like descended from the heavens basically. And so that is, maybe, that is my understanding. That might situation. be why he was wearing the mask too. I don't know. <laughs> Looking like Beetlejuice behind a mask. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and one more thing too in this section before we move on to the next section. Uh, he mentions when they talk about how Capel took the soul from Charlemagne and put it into Daniel. Uh, Tamis says that's terrifying, and and um, Adam says, yeah, that is terrifying. And I've lived a long time, and I've seen a lot of stuff. I know it's terrifying. Is, yeah. So that's just another part to this. Um. Um. All right. So then later on, our party, uh, you know, made up of Tamis, Olam, Laura, or not Laura, uh, Bo, Nyla. I think Daniels and Andrea are off somewhere else. Uh, they meet with the Brudanian privilege and uh, to make the trade for Vlor. They, they finally agreed to do that. Uh, during this event, it is revealed that Lowry, that's how the narrator says it, Lowry. Um, I've been saying Lori like uh, Rick Grimes says it in Walking Dead. Lowry. Lowry. <laughs> Lowry. Um, she's the lead uh, Brudanian privilege, and uh, she's the one who attacked the camp uh, and like to, and basically you know messed Bo up, took his leg. Um, so then they they end up making the trade, giving Kresimir's body to the Verdanians, and uh, much to Vlora's uh, objection, she did not like that. So um, that's kind of the crux of that section. Vlora would have rather stayed with them than be traded for Big Kres. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they were going to do it because they acted like they it was pretty. They were pretty adamant that they were not going to do it. But then they did it. Were they adamant that they weren't going to do it or adamant that they weren't going to make the decision at that point in time? Because Daniel Daniel was like, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to do it. You know, but I thought, I thought they all talked him out of it before they left. Well, yeah, but it's because he was kind of being a jackass about it. They told him to leave the room. And I think that's the last we got of it. Yeah. So maybe they weren't adamant about it. Maybe I made that part up. <laughs> uh, they definitely weren't adamant about it, though. No, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I type adamant, adamant in my stuff, it changes to adamant. My uh, Google Docs finally recognizes adamant. Finally. Um, all right. So also during all this time, speaking of adamant, uh, he's watching Claremont's army being loaded up on ships, getting ready to leave Adapest. Um, during this time, he realizes that the ships are light on the water, uh, meaning that they're not full. Uh, also, he thinks about who the other half of Bruda could be. Um, he ends up going to Sablethorn, and in the midst of asking Karis who she worked for and you know why they wanted Rick, Rick or dead, he notices she lacks a shadow. Spoiler, or not spoiler, but shocker. <laughs> uh, he races to inform Tamis of both things: the 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 army leaving on lightly loaded ships, and Karis, um, be you know, not having a shadow. And I, we spoke about this over like, the phone this week. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm so mad at myself for not not figuring this out. Like I'm an idiot. <laughs> like from a narrative, not not even not from story, but from we're wrapping up a we're wrapping up a book. She was introduced. She made some kind of offhanded comment saying, you know, I'll see you in two weeks or whatever to Adam at. It had to be her. <laughs> like it had to be. Yeah, it did, but also like 
we've just had very, very, very limited interaction with her. So, like, yeah, I didn't see it coming either. But right, right where he wanted us, right where Brian McClellan wanted yeah, us. I didn't expect it. And I don't think we were expecting a woman. Or no, we when we were kind of like. Yeah, I mentioned K. I thought Capel might have been the other half. He also mentioned Lady Dub. Yeah, so I don't. It could have been anybody. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, it doesn't matter who, what body, I guess you, you take the form of, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, so. Yeah, I kind of felt like a Dumbo, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was it wasn't that obvious. I didn't like how this part of the chapter was done. Like he was talking to Cheris, like in the in Sable Thorn, you know, Sue Smith's in the background. And like he just starts like sweating profusely. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't mention that he notices that she doesn't have a shadow. Well, see, I like, like that. I liked it because as soon as I noticed he was sweating, I knew at that moment, I was like, she doesn't have a shadow because I knew it was nighttime from some, some way I knew it was nighttime. And he's, and she, I think when he enters the room, she's up against the window. So like when he said that he started sweating, that's when I like my, my heartbeat started to rise because I was like, Oh, she don't have a shadow. <laughs> so I took it to mean that it was her. Like, yeah. she was the second half of Brood, but yeah. she was doing something to him. Oh, oh, okay, okay. To cause him to profusely sweat. And oh. he, it's it's two whole pages of him, stream of consciousness, making his way to Tamness. And he doesn't mention this at all. Like, he goes mm-hmm. to the guards and he's like, do not let her leave, no matter what. Yeah. You know, blah, 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 keep her locked up. And so he tells Sue Smith, you got to go home. We're done here. We, yeah. you know, we. I don't need your services anymore. Yeah, I don't need your services anymore. And then he runs to the people's court, and then yeah. he runs up to Daniel and says, or Tamas, and goes, "Yeah, Cheris is the other half of Brood." Yeah. Because to me, I thought Cheris was doing something to cause him to sweat. Yeah. I also took that exact same moment. We took it the same way, but how we got to that conclusion was a little different. Um, but like, I'm thinking, you know, she is putting some power on him. Yeah, she's just gonna let him go. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I, I didn't think I didn't take it like that, and I actually enjoyed how he he uh, Adamat spread that out, like not, you know. I like that it kind of stretched it and he's and he's doing little clues like to reinforce it without saying it yet, without confirming it. So like he's you know, like you said, you uh he told the um he told the guard like don't let her out. Like these little things, it's like, okay, okay, that makes sense why he would do that. He hadn't said anything yet, but that makes sense. I kinda enjoyed it. I felt it was like it felt uh really tense and it felt um it, did it felt cinematic tense. in a way like i could i could visualize everything that was going down and i i kind of enjoyed it but i, I could agree. see why if i had been thinking the way that you're talking about about that he was being manipulated um that would have sullied my read on that i also agree that it was cinematic but like and it was tense but I guess I guess this isn't really a knock, but it made me skip until the end of the chapter to where he said it. 
Gotcha. Yeah. And and you well, I mean, I mean it, like, yeah. I just was like, you know, it's her. I don't like. Let's go ahead and confirm it's her. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and and you know, at the end of the day, the story you're telling's got to got to engage the reader enough. I mean, there's always a slog during the middle, but we're not at the middle. We're at the end. So like, I was engaged. It's just like, I don't know. We, well, you shouldn't want to have to skip pages is what I'm getting at. The, your, the writing should be engaging enough that you you want to keep going, but you don't want to sacrifice the journey to get to whatever. And if that situation created that for you, then that's that's on him. Um, yeah, you know. I disagree that it's completely on the writer because, I mean, you, you can't like, yeah. you I know, mean, I took, I programming, took it. Yeah. programming, you can't account for, you try to account for as many, you know, variables yeah. as possible. And when your variable as a writer is your readers, yeah, everybody different, man. And I, in the way I read it, it's probably how he intended people to read it. But now, how many people read it that way? I could be the minority. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you just think you're smarter than me? <laughs> no, 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 I, I do not. <laughs> we just spent thirty uh, minutes on chapter forty-seven. I believe so. Well, we did some BS at the beginning. We talked SpongeBob, yeah. Yeah. Um chapter 48. Uh Adamat is at the party uh awaiting the results of the election. They they took like a two-day holiday, so they had a whole day uh to basically vote and then a second holiday to uh to get the results. Uh he, he meets with Bo about what happened to Joseph. He also speaks to Rickard about taking on a position where were he to, to win the election. Uh, and then Daniel appears frustrated with the politics of it all. So yeah, um, uh, you know, Bo, you know, you know, drops that um, that Joseph he took care of Joseph. Yeah, and there's a little bit more exposition here than that we saw. But didn't he say that Nyla actually took care of him? Yeah, because Nyla's with him. Nyla's with Bo. Um, yeah, I believe. Yeah, they're together, and yeah, yeah. So I didn't pick up on that. Did I miss it or was it just not? What? Like when it happened, like. When they took out, when when, he, when she, when she took when out. When they Joseph. were fighting the beige breaker. I didn't pick up that she killed a uh, black warden. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, yeah, she, she killed him. Cause then at the end of the, of the chapter, whatever chapter that was, Bo said something. Did that, did that warden have a missing ring finger? Like he asked Nyla about it. I remember asking Nyla, but I thought it was. I thought he, had, I don't know. I like, I might have just misremembered. Yeah. I, I don't. I've had a hell of a two weeks. <laughs> I've had one hell of a two weeks. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So they took care of that. Uh, Rickard, uh, Rickard's drunk as I'll get out because <laughs> he, because he's like talking and all this stuff. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed Rickard in this chapter right here. One of my favorite things here. I, I was annoyed by Daniel hating the politics of it all because, of course, he did. Um, yeah, and but that's that's typical of his character. I agree, it's annoying, but he's been that way the whole time. Yeah, and that and that leads into some stuff I have when we get through all the chapters and we get to the end. That leads into some things I have to say. But yeah, but, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. Um, but Daniel's talking to Adamant about it, and you know, Adamant's like, or. He's like, I I hate all this stuff. And he's like, How does Rickard do it? He's got to hate it too. And he's like, He does. He just 
good at it. He's been doing it like yeah. practice, you know. Yeah, that's one thing I guess too. We got I got to remember is that Daniel is pretty young. Like that's I mean, true. I'm guessing he's like to make a way of King's reference. I'm guessing he's like similar to Kaladin's age. So. It, it, in the way of kings, not I don't know how he ages mm-hmm. throughout the stuff, or if he even makes it. He may die. I don't know. I don't know how. I, I don't know how much Brendan Sanderson is like George R. R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> he's. I don't think he's that much. But um, uh, um. Uh, but yeah, I'm yeah, thinking he's like younger he's, than he's younger than us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, like, you know, like it makes sense. He's gonna be he, he, when you're young. It seems like teens. well, like it seems like. You know, like when you're a teenager, you, you, your priorities are out of whack, right? But mm-hmm. then, but then when you, uh, but then when you um, get to like your early tw- late teens, early twenties, it's not that your priorities are out of whack. It's more that you like. How am you I think you know this? better. You think you know everything. Well, and and, and it's more like you have a priority and you've put it to the top and everything else be damned, you know? Yeah. I see what you did there. Be damned. Made a damn joke. Made a damn pun. No, no. Uh, my gripe in the last, uh, the last episode, how Nyland Hammond oh, in the same yeah. chapter said something to be damned. Yeah. 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 Um, brother, do you even listen to your own podcast? Yeah. <laughs> At least once when I'm going through the edit. <laughs> um, I hate listening to myself, so I don't do it again. It's actually kind of fun, like when I edit this one, or if I was editing videos or or, or podcast episodes for Pipecast, because I would I would you know we'd have a recording, and then I'd spend however long to edit that, and then, so it feels like I'm talking to you or Zach for a week long, and I'm not I'm not saying a word to you, but I uh, I get brought back to the moment, and it's. It's kind of fun. I mean, I guess it could get annoying, <laughs> but I enjoy well, it. I, I like it. Like I'll be sitting at work and just, I don't have to listen to it. You know, I've already had the conversation, but I'm still like listening. You're in it. Yeah. 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 So, um, Adam and Daniel make their way down to the rest of where the party guests are. Uh, we switch perspective too. Yeah. We were yeah, just we, from we, Adam Ant's perspective. Now we're in. Tanya. Now we're in Daniel's and, uh, and Vlora finds Taniel, and you know they admit to one another that they still miss each other. However, you know Taniel says that they cannot get back together. So uh, this was a you know a nice little you know moment that I enjoyed. But like I'll say it again because this ain't the last time it happens. But I feel like they've forgiven each other like fifty five times already. Like mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I like, figured, I think they're bros now. Yeah, like I don't get why this keeps coming up. But I think they both still feel conflicted about it. Uh, yeah, and it's so it's annoying from a reader's perspective, but it is how real life I think would play out. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah, you, you make a good point. Um, but then the results are announced. The messenger comes in, and oh, Ricky wins. Um, I liked how the results were. He gets stands up on a milk carton. <laughs> and goes, I tell you, I tell you what, the old first minister Andros is Ricky T Bag. Ricky T Bag. And I'll take a break, a little snippet out right now, real quick. 
Well, let me just finish and say that Claremont arrives to congratulate them and and kind of taunts Daniel in a way. Um, and then Ricky Teabag says to alert the parade. But uh, let me say real quick, the thing that spoiled, that I got spoiled early on for, before we even started the book was that I knew the whole time that Ricky Teabag is going to win the election. That was the line you got? Yep, yeah. I got something along, I was reading, like, I was I was kind of scanning it to see, like, how detailed this particular thing was, and then it got down and it said, <laughs> and, like, I just called it, it said, and and after Rickard wins the election, I was like, oh, God, dang it, I didn't want to know that, and I thought, like, where I was at, it, reading that, I was like, that's got to happen, like, within the first third of the book, or first quarter of the book, and it's like, no, it's, like, right here at the end. That's why yeah. I kept. That's why I brought it up so early to you, because I was like, I'll, I'll end up telling him in a week or two. Hell, we're yeah. on the last episode. I'm telling you. So, he, Brian McClellan really strung us along. Yeah, but yeah, uh, what do you think about Claremont waltzing in there? Right, you know, he, what did he say? He said it sounds like he found out the results before, before Richard did. did. No, yeah. no, the opposite. Um, he walks in and says, "Oh." Yeah, I guess y'all heard the results before I did because uh, based on your cheers, uh, I know the result. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, he didn't know when he walked in. I I sound like he sounded disappointed. He didn't. He was like all, you know, knowing and smarmy and like like he was with the police commissioner. Like, yeah, I know more than you. He was gonna <laughs> do what he was gonna do regardless if he won or not. That's the sense I'm getting from here for sure and it's it's something that we all you know we don't believe him when he says that he's not going to do anything no no um no but yeah so ricky says to alert the parade and so outside tamis is with the parade as they are alerted of uh rickard's victory uh the parade begins and they make their way to election square um fearing an attack along the way they're kind of cautious of any kind of stuff anything that um Bruta may do um mm-hmm. they arrive as uh rickard begins to give a speech but then a groaning is heard and Sablethorn falls on the court groaning i'm just picturing like during mm-hmm. the speech they hear somebody going <laughs> and then and then up a little too much to drink and now he's, he's got the squirts one thing I noticed that's our was, first president. <laughs> that's our first president. Yeah, that's our first president. Um uh one thing I know I, I didn't notice, I didn't pick up on it way back when, but it's always called it's always been called Election Square, right? Yeah. Why is it called Election Square? They're just now a democracy. It explains that in Promise of Blood, and it's like it has to do with him killing all the people there where it was the people's election for the nobility to be killed oh that's right it's not talking about like that the people because you know how the people like that came to that were like egging it on like they were they were all about it yeah and so it it was like the people's election against the monarchy i forgot all about that so it it hasn't historically been called election square but in context way. of this trilogy, it's yeah. always been election square. 
yeah yeah so that makes sense uh <laughs> i kind of like that too like yeah, that description yeah. of it it gives you like a sense of authenticity and reality mixed with some cleverness on the writer's part yeah i like it so oh, um but yeah uh there's something i was gonna say about that i like the whole like leading leading the procession Tanners, yeah. but yeah they were on high alert and uh at one point they see like a like when they're about to go across a bridge like a broken down like carriage or something like that and they're like whoa yeah this is a trap and then they see a bunch of people come and help the people and they're like oh no we're gonna we're gonna go across this bridge now we're good but yeah like i think a good sense of foreboding is uh instilled from the second it switches to tamas's perspective here like uh you know you get a very brief celebration and i think it's funny how the record goes daniel alert tamas to lead the parade like I don't know. It made me think of cueing the dancing lobsters from the Amanda show. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that makes sense. Uh, Tamis, you know, you know, they all cheer when they find out it's Rickard, and I don't know. It's symbolic in a way. That, yeah, you know, it's the changing of power from Tamis, really Tamis to Rickard. Yeah, Tamis has kind of been that grace period ruler mm-hmm. in a way, but but also like. For a while, he's kind of been absent. He was missing, presumed dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he came back, but he dealt with that war for half the book. So, you know, it, it's kind of been a tumultuous time. And and, and Ricky even um, says that, you know, in his speech, or he's starting to say things like that, you know. Uh, yeah. And, and that sense of foreboding is really good when they finally get there. They said it, you know, with their procession into Adipas to people's the People's Court, where is which is on Election Square. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Tamis keeps, like, eye on the crowd as if he's, like, a Secret Service agent, you know. We're going to figure out what he, you know, what's going to happen. Like, it's yeah. not going to be this easy. Yeah, yeah. So, and then Sable Thorn crumbles. It groans and moans, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, and so 49, chapter 49, picks up right after that. So as Sable Thorn crashes onto the court, Daniel pulls Rickard out of harm's way with the assistance of Bo uh, holding the top suspended. Doesn't he put him over his head? Like he, yeah, he picks up Rickard's body and puts it over his head. Something like that. It was weird. It was. Uh, it was weird. Um, but then Brudanian soldiers and privilege, they they arrive as Adamat tells Rickard that Brood's other half was in there. But I don't think he told Rickard that it was Karis, did he? I don't think so. I don't know why he didn't. <laughs> Maybe because Rickard didn't want to know that he's been banging <laughs> Brood's <laughs> other half. <laughs> I just don't know if it's been relevant. I guess it would be relevant, but yeah, I don't know. That's a good um, point. So Lowry and Bo have a somewhat conversation <laughs> uh, uh, as the Brudanians get into position. Uh, Lowry offers Bo a position with the Brudanian cabal, and, and then Bo takes a strike at, strike at her but misses. And he's like, you just got my answer. And she goes, I'll take that as a bow then. I get it on but um, I thought it was interesting here uh, how, because we're seeing, you know, whenever we see Bo, it's from Nyla's perspective. 
And yeah. so and she's uh noticing him do wards and stuff. And she know she notices that his interactions here with the elves are different than how she's done it in the sense that like the way she's doing it is like not not subtle at all. She's like just fully pulling it and like going ham with it, where he is like pulling strings with his finger, like with his fingers, and you know, like doing very subtle things in the else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it was it was kind of cool. Um, you know, um, so then uh, Tamil 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 <laughs> Tamis gets up <laughs> from the rubble, uh, looking for Olam, but finding Arbor. Um, in the distance, Karis reveals herself. Uh, Olam appears and is ordered to take his soldiers to Skyline and start an attack. Uh, Tamis shoots at Karis, but she disappears, only to reappear behind him, grabbing him by the neck, lifting him in the, into the air. Uh, she explains she wanted to do this the easy way, but left it up to the people to decide. Uh, and you know her her plan or Bruta's plan. Uh, is to reform and unite the world, you know, getting rid of the old gods. Um, Vlora comes in, smashes uh, Karis uh, with the butt of her rifle, uh, and then Andrea attempts to stab her in the stomach, but the bayonet turns to rubber, basically, resulting in Andrea's head exploding. Andrea, my guy, he took a fat L. <laughs> yeah, it, I oh, love rough. So I know you're going for like the just the you know the high level synopsis of this little mm -hmm. section here, mm -hmm. but like when you're reading it as chaos, like this is chaos that's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, it was definitely yeah. hard to take notes. Yeah, and so we're getting it from Tamis's perspective. You know, he's he's you know kind of coming out of like you know. His, I guess some sort of head trauma or something like that, you know, so like the world is kind of like blurry and he's just seeing random people, you know, like covered in blood, and, you know, he, you're, yeah, you mentioned that he sees General Arbor first and his teeth are missing. <laughs> I love General Arbor, man. One of the yeah. best side characters in the whole thing. And, uh, and Tamas goes, be lucky that's the only thing that's missing or something like that. But every time <laughs> he sees somebody, they've got like blood coming out of their mouth or like whatever, like, and you know when you when you got blood coming out of your mouth, like it's not good. It's like some kind of internal damage is going on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And or you just bit the shit out of that lip. Oh, that tongue, you know. <laughs> or that tongue. Um, man, I'm gonna get pissed off thinking about biting my tongue. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they met. Uh, we get a really like good perspective view of Karis or Cheris, you know, and. I don't know how Tamis knew this, but it was mentioned that the brightness was more than that of uh, Kresimir killing Mahali. Or maybe that was from Daniel's perspective, which we're about to get to. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like she does Naruto style, you know, kind of teleports behind somebody and uh, crushes that windpipe and it's funny, like, we're getting this whole thing, you know, where Tamis is, like, obviously dazed, but he's also now not being able to breathe, and, like, he's seeing all this happen, the butt of the rifle, and uh, then Vlora gets punched straight into Tamis while, like, and it gives Tamis just enough time to catch his breath before Vlora gets punched mm -hmm. straight into him. Yeah. And then Andrea, my guy, 
went down, Blood, baby. Bloodthirsty till the end. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, before Karis can do any more damage, uh, Daniel comes in and punches her right in the face. Um, <laughs> what? Man. I don't know what this dude's got. It's a mean right hook. It's a mean right hook. <laughs> like he is Ivan Dragoing this fight. Um, but you know the fighting continues until she attempts to raise the whole city into the air and destroy it, Ultron style. And um, she is stopped when Adam arrives. Adam reveals that he went looking for all the other gods, only to find out that Bruda had killed them all. Um, and and that you know. Uh, plan he plans to kill Kresimir. And by killing each of these gods, uh, Bruda absorbs a portion of their power. That's how he has gotten to the point where he's so strong. So um, Tamis orders Vlora to protect Rickard, Arbor to evacuate the city center, and Taniel to come with him to Skyline. Adam tells Bruda I, to get... Adam orders Tam Tamis to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Adam orders Tamis. There's orders that are going around. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Adam tells Bruda to get out of his city and throws a ladle at her. <laughs> Does he throw the ladle? I thought he just like unsheaths his ladle from his like belt. I, I think it and says wields it. I think a, the the it's wording the end was of it. it's like the last sentence yeah. of this chapter. Are we at 49? Yeah. I think he he th I think he throws it and then he tells her to get out of the city. No. Yeah, 49. He doesn't throw it. Oh. Adam drew a ladle from his apron string and leveled it at the goddess. Get out oh. of my city. See, I, I I guess I read level as like leveled, like yeah, like as in like leveling a city. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. I I took it as like holding it up, you know. That makes more sense. That, that makes more sense. That that's more dramatic. I, I like the I like that better. <laughs> I, I like the thought of him just throwing it at her. Get the fuck out of my city. <laughs> the fact that he pulled a ladle out alone was was hilarious. Um, like it it te it teetered like it, it's funny because like there's certain shows I think that the modern like I guess millennials like millennials that, that I think baby boomers hate because of their they feel too silly. So like me, me and Ann love Brooklyn Nine Nine. And there, there is silly moments. They definitely do things that are that are outlandish, and you would not do them in real life. But they're still fun and funny, and it's a good show. It's a one of the best comedies that's ever been put to television. But, um, but my mom can't stand it because it's too silly, and like that that moment is like teetering on that edge. It's like I like it because it fits Adam's character, but, but it's Star Wars like Mimi like. Yeah, cantina type thing, and and maybe the dialogue makes it worse. I don't really like the dialogue of "Get out of my city." Like I, I either change the dialogue or just in the in the chapter with him pulling out the ladle and like pointing it at Karis, and then just end end it right. Just, just I liked the "Get out of my city," but I think it's because I heard like I read it in David Ortiz's voice oh. when he says, "This is our fucking city" to Boston after the Boston bombing. Oh yeah, yeah. This is our fucking city. Like I, I just, I totally read it in Big Poppy's voice. I, I read it in Bane's voice. This is our city. Get out of my city. We give it back to you, the people. <laughs> um, 
but no, I mean, but yeah, it teeters on that edge. So I don't, it doesn't bother me, but it, it, you know, it, it is kind of like you almost went too much there, but I can forgive it. Like it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I like Adam so much and I, I do like, I, so I thought it was silly, but it was his character. Yeah. It fit the through. character. Like it, he was, he's always been like that. Yeah. The, um, another thing another note for anybody who's following along who also is doing the audio book the narrator because adam is now in charlemagne's body now does uses the voice he used for charlemagne which is really cool so like when he was mahali it sounded like whatever whatever voice he chose for mahali uh and then now it's it's back to like now it's sounding like charlemagne so it's a it's a nice little touch there. I like that. Um, chapter 50. Nyla and Bo continue to fight the Verdanians. I'm going to be honest with you. That's all I got for that section because that's all that happens with, from their perspective until the end of the book. And I kind of I, I kind of got lost in it all. I'm just like, yep, they fight. That's all I know Let about that. <laughs> I definitely, I don't, I don't want to get too far into it, but I will say that Nyla and Bo's storyline definitely seemed the least important. Like, I was like, why are we even going back to this? It does not matter. Like, there's, well, I mean, their, it does, but it doesn't. Their fight was to prevent those privileged from joining Karis in Karis. fighting Adam. Yeah. And they do mention that somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, it seemed like the most aux auxiliary of these like perspectives. I thought it yeah. was a cool chapter because we get a lot of uh, we got to get a lot of insight into like, you know, how privileged, you know, fight each other. It was very like cat yeah. and mouse, you know, they're trying to, you know, detect where they are. And then the other side is, you know, trying to throw them off yeah. by, you know, doing certain things. Now but I do ha I do have more notes for the end of the chapter because their storyline bookends chapter 50. So gotcha. like we start with them and then we end with them and I I got more for their ending part. Um, and so what's going on in this chapter? You know, like you said, it's fighting and like Lori is like a Earth style and you know he had those like iron rods like thrown through his body back in yeah. uh, back in Kez. And so that's what's going on here. It's basically like these huge iron ingots are just like launching through the floors yeah. and stuff like that and nyla feels out of her element because you know she's fighting cabal privilege these aren't like this isn't child's play and uh so child play boo. i just hear that in the hold my dick video voice exactly uh, me too fuck you child's play hold my dick um but yeah and you know Nyla gets lucky and kills one of them. After arriving at Skyline, Taniel uh, goes to find Capel as uh, Tamis goes to confront Claremont. Claremont had had his men on those boats return to come back and garrison Skyline. Um, Tamis find, you know, finds out that Olam has gone into attack, so he walks into Skyline with 200 soldiers at his back. Uh Taniel finds his way to the throne room of Skyline via the hidden garden entrance. Taniel takes out the two privileged in, in the room before realizing that Capel is being held there uh, 
uh, prisoner by two guards with air rifles. While the two guards are preoccupied, Daniel are preoccupied with Daniel. Capel knifes one of them, I believe in the groin, and then creates a bayonet version of a red stripe. Uh, and then she tells Daniel that they must go after Claremont. And I think it's cool because Capel, we get to see Capel make the red stripe. Yeah. And like she's literally taking this person's essence, like like they're aging and like wrinkling as she's doing this into the red stripe. And Daniel's like, that's fucked up. I'm witnessing some like dark ass magic. Yeah. Which we and, get yeah, we get a little bit more about that later on. Yeah. It's, I'm it's glad it finally cool. gets to it too. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, he's like, You didn't do that with the red stripes, did you? And she goes, No, nah, I killed rabbits. I mean, of course she didn't say it. She, you know, emotes long, long ears. Yeah. 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 And uh that's how she created the red stripes. And yeah. Pretty cool stuff. I, I enjoy it. Anything capel I like. Capel is the only thing keeping Daniel tolerable. <laughs> yeah. One thing I forgot to mention about when Daniel comes in and fights Karis, he finally meets his match. Like, what happens, like, you mentioned that she raises the city, but right before that, she's like, y'all can give in now or I'll just raise the city. Yeah. I'll pick yeah. it up and drop it back down. And she says she's going to do that. And this force of will that, uh, sorry, magic reference, uh, but she's this magic that she's doing on Taniel. Like he can feel it start to break. Like it's crunching his bones and like he's feeling torsion on his bones. And he never felt that with Presimir. And so he had met his match here. You know, he got a couple of good hits on Cheris, but it's when she didn't expect it. And here, where, where was I going with this? You're talking about, I've, sorry, I, I said all that because we were talking about Capel's magic. We got to look at, we got to see how there was limits to Taniel, like, yeah. like the strengthening of her bones, of his bones that she did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did not exceed the power of brood. And and Tamis even mentions because at the beginning, when they decide, you know, who's going to go to Capel, who's going to go to to confront uh, Claremont, uh, you know, Tamis says he he's going to go do it, and Daniel kind of objects. It's suicide. Yeah, but Tamis goes, well, you, you know, you were barely a match for for uh, Karis, so like, you know, just go get Capel. Um, yeah. So then we we go we come back to to Bo and Nyla and Bo you know tells Nyla how to combat those iron spikes of the Brudanians. Uh you got to once she does her flame follow it up with uh some air with some air magic behind it. Mm-hmm. Um and so she kills one unknowingly and then an iron strike comes in out of nowhere pinning Bo to the wall. Lowry walks in misunderstanding the reason for Nyla not having gloves on which was great. Um, yeah. and then makes the offer one more time to Bo. Uh, but then Nyla comes in there and busts that ass, burns her up, banks that booty hole, banks that booty hole. Yeah, uh, she uses the air thing, and Bo's like, Oh, you figure out the air, and that, that that's good. As yeah. if, like, you know, it was a good time to do it. I was gonna die, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and the last thing he says is, get this thing out of my shoulder. Get the thing on my shoulder. Um, 
yeah one thing yeah. i'd like to mention about tamas walking through the palace is like he he notices like where the fights have happened and it's just like eerily quiet yeah 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 it, it is interesting um uh so then we stroll on over to 51 which is the meat of this whole episode i think That's all true. this is this is kind of you know three books leading up to this moment here mm-hmm. um and so it's it's a chunker so get ready uh tamas uh, you know like you said he's kind of walking through um kind of seeing seeing where the different battles little fights have happened but he takes an ice spike to the shoulder as he and his soldiers are attacked on the way to finding claremont um he and they're almost to claremont he mentions that he can feel claremont's presence in the next room yeah and then he then he takes a spike to the knee and then was it the knee or the shoulder you don't get the skyrim reference do you no i took an arrow to the knee i don't know that i'm sorry i'm losing i'm losing more nerd cred um no nah, no nah, you you got that pot culture shit i just got the stupid spongebob and arrow to the knee meme like uh <laughs> that's about it so T- tamas ends up killing the privilege that attacked them uh and then enters the room to find kresimir on an altar you also failed to mention that that privilege kills all 200 of its freaking men oh i, I forgot that Dad gum <laughs> yeah I didn't know he killed all two. Well, I guess it makes sense because we never see them again. Well, he sends some of them off to go get Olam. Okay, he, yeah, that's right. He sends he sends some of them off to go to Olam, but all the ones that are remaining with him take the fattest of L's. <laughs> <laughs> like he turns he turns around and he just sees eye spikes, you know. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Um I have I, I have in my notes ten yellow. Daniel and Capel find their way to where Tamis, Claremont, and Chrysomir are. Is that their couple name, Taniella? Taniella. Oh, I guess him and Vlora? No, him and uh, Capel. Listen, I didn't say it had to make sense. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, not me. Um, uh, Claire, Claremont gives us some background on the gods not really being gods. Uh, they're just really the first privilege to walk the planet. So Essentially, they were aliens that came down and became privileged. I guess I don't know, or just the first. I took to... it. I took it to be people that developed the skill. Yeah, maybe Kresimir came down from a different place because where has he been this whole time? Remember, he it, it felt like he was an extraterrestrial because the way he descended down, uh, in the in Promise of Blood. Yeah. So maybe uh, he's extraterrestrial, but everybody, all the other ones are just. They developed the magic. I don't know. Yeah, and he just said we were like the fortunate ones, you know, that developed yeah. the magic first. But um, also in his backstory, he reveals that he and Karis were twins conjoined at the hip, uh, mm-hmm. o- only being separated by Kresimir after he killed their parents. Um, and so they kind of have a. I, I and I don't want to speak. I don't have a lot of knowledge on this, but I want to say that there is some kind of thing that is played on in, in in other movies where um and it may be something in real life where twins that are opposite sex kind of have a weirder a more intimate relationship than you know just an a, uh like a i guess a normal not a normal but like your average brother who then has like a younger sister or a sister who has a younger brother uh you know they have a little bit deeper connection and mm-hmm. you fit you feel that with them being 
twins and conjoined at the hip that they they want to be one um they didn't yeah. like being separated um uh another tidbit of information dropped on us is that the only way to kill the god to kill a god uh is either through raw sorcery which we saw krizimir do to adam mm-hmm. or through old magic particularly that of the dainese which, which capable, the... go ahead i was just saying yeah. which capable is the strongest that he's ever seen in he's his whole that. time here yeah capable is the strongest he's ever seen and he alluded to the fact that the Dainese existed before they did. Yeah. And um, I'll take a take um, a little side note before I finish here. One thing that I don't, I would have done this different. It's not that I don't like it, but if I was writing this book, I don't like that Capel's the strongest that, she's, that, that he's ever seen. I would have rather thinking ahead, maybe to future trilogies and stuff. I would have rather it been like, she's just an average Dainese. Like the Dainese are just that much like overpowered of the privilege. She's just an yeah. average one. I would have rather had that because she's the only one for reference. So it doesn't matter. It really, in the grand scheme of the story, doesn't matter if she's the weakest, the an average or the strongest Dainese. She's the only one doing that magic. So it, it, it doesn't matter. And so I you're just, saying, you're saying he played his card too soon. Brian McClellan yeah well I don't know if he played his cartridge I just like I'm thinking so now I guess this is the way I'm looking at it like if there was another trilogy and you got to see more of the Dainese I now know that none of them are as strong as Cable you know whereas if we could have played it either don't say that or just it you know again just don't say it and let her just be an average Dainese and then now when we meet them again, we know that they are something to be afraid of because she might not be the strongest one. There could be stronger ones out there. Also, and I know that this is a cop-out. Yeah. He said that he's ever seen. True. Oh, yeah. But they, uh, but everybody's kind but of... But he's a guy and he's been there a while, yeah. you know? Like, and even Adam, even Adam is talking about like how the shit she's doing is terrible. It's terrifying. The stuff, yeah, it's yeah. terrifying. You know, you know, for for all the stuff he's seen. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't, like I said, it's not that I don't like it. It's not that I hate it. It's just, I think, future proofing the story, it would have been better if she, if that had not been mentioned. It also could be like a mechanic in the sense that it needed to take the strongest Dainies to fuck with the yeah. gods. But see, I see that's another thing. See, I think it would have been neater i guess because because this adds to my problem with nyla showing up at the at the right time it's like so if it took the strongest Chinese, we just happen to have her right here you know <laughs> lucky us yeah <laughs> we're lucky that Daniel found this one and brought her brought her with us like but i, I mean just... that's part of writing though like that's part of reading but, stories and stuff like that yeah like, of but of course but you're gonna have well, we've always talked about that, how like the reader will only accept so many coincidences. And mm-hmm. and like so that's what I'm saying. Like my I'm not saying I'm the best, like I'm just saying like my my idea allows the same thing to happen essentially without it being feeling so coincidental. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It'll it and it like I said, most people may not catch that. 
But the people who do, it may bother them. Like I said, it, it doesn't take me away. I still enjoy the book. I like it because I like Capel. I like all that. It's just like, again, the reader will only take so much plot armor, plot devices that are so on the no- or not on the nose, but so broad strokes, you know. I think going the other way is being a little bit more subtle with it and a lot making the story feel more natural, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, it's not that big of a deal. I just wanted to point it out. <laughs> right. Uh, so, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but and see, I don't even know. I'm pretty sure the next trilogy has something to do with the Dainese. I know it has something to do. I know. I know what mm-hmm. has to do with Fatrasta. So yeah, I like, do know that it's it is set. Is it set there? Yeah, and actually, I thought it was in the past. It could be in the future. I don't know, but but like I said, now I know going into those that we're not going to meet any Dainese. <laughs> well, there's a good chance we're not going to meet any that are stronger than Capel, um, unless we see her. If it's in the future, I don't know. Um, back to the story. Uh, I'll get off my soapbox. Uh. Mm-hmm. But uh, Claremont reveals he has a flint knife that Cresimere cut his foot on when he was younger, alluding that that is what will be used for Cresimere's undoing, <laughs> um, which, you know, ties into some of that stuff that the the red stripe type stuff, that Dainese type thing, you know, mm. um, you know, using that blood to be able to do that. So blood magic gasp. Gasp. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh he also doesn't he mention that that flint knife is, was also used to kill the other gods? Maybe so. I don't remember. It makes sense though. It, it would make sense. Maybe that was me extrapolating. But I, I liked uh, the whole, you know, Kresimir's home for imaginary. I uh, like Kresimir's foster home for kids who don't do well in school or something like that. You know, like. Yeah. He becomes their father, basically. It's not so much a brother relationship. Like, yeah. it is a brother relationship in the sense that, you know, like, he, uh, Tamas says, I thought y'all are brothers. And he's like, well, not, like, biological brothers. Like, yeah. The only, the only, I guess, siblings are Bruda. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody and, else is just whatever. Yeah, and they loved their family. They didn't want to be extraordinary. And Kresmer killed their parents and made them extraordinary. Yeah, so, I felt bad. I felt bad for them. Yeah, and I think Claremont, Claremont's side of Brood is a lot more human than Terrace's side of Brood. Yeah, yeah, it feels that way. And I don't know. Everything we see here, you know, points to them both being that bad. But I could see an interpretation where Claremont saying that, hey, I'm going to leave. And he meant it. Yes. Well, I, and I think that is, I mean, I think that's true. He was because... the more benevolent. Yeah, he's the more benevolent of the two. And Karis, or Cheris, says when she's attacking Tam- Tamis, I did not want to do this. I wanted it to be easy. But if it yeah. takes me burning down half the world to un- unify the world, I'll do it. Yeah. So I think Claremont's side was 100% willing to leave as soon as he killed Kresimir. Because he even says that to Daniel, like when, after the election results are, are read, he says, I, I'll leave. Like, yeah, he said, I'm going to leave, but I got to do some things first. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, like me as a reader is reading that, like, oh, okay, you scummy. You know, you're gonna you're gonna go back on your word. You're gonna do some things, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he 100 was gonna kill Chris Mayer, then bounce. Now I I don't I don't know if I believe that, but like I think it's believable. Yeah, and the the Kara side is keeping them there and and creating this whole chicanery. Mm. <laughs> um, that's not a word I ever use. I might, I, like not, I might not even use it right. I don't know. No, I believe it. <laughs> it worked, didn't it? I sold you yeah, on it. It's the penultimate term. <laughs> yeah, it's the penultimate <laughs> term. Uh, I'm glad I never got, I'm glad I never fell into that trap. Um, we all fell in at the pit. In the pit. Um, so, Karis, having been thwart- thwarted by eating food that contained Adam's sorcery, uh, appears in the room because she she f- fled the battle with Adam because it's she comes in like coughing like he's got his dad gum magic in me it was kind of funny um, it was funny Claremont offers Tamis the position of ruling the new United World that he plans to have Tamis refuses by pointing his pistol at Claremont only for both the pistol and the hand to disappear Daniel leaps from the balcony but Bruta stops him with sorcery and uh, Capel throws. Kresimir's cage coffin thing you know it opening and um Kresimir awakens in the dark big Kres shows up slang in his d you know um (laughs) slang in his k slang in his k and the doll floats above him and uh so these two competing magics are like holding Taniel back and so Claremont stabs Kresimir with the flint knife and then Taniel thrusts the red stripe bait out into Claremont and then in the in her anger, Karis charges at Taniel, only to be tripped and stabbed by Tamis. And she laughs at him because she's like, that's not my blood on that flint knife, you dumbass. That ain't going to work. But then Taniel tosses the red striped bayonet to Capel, using it to slam it into the heart of Karis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, was kind of... So I, I enjoyed it. No, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There, it was only ever gonna be like messy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know, it was, it was, it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like so far in this. We're, we still got a little small part of this chapter left to talk about, but the whole backstory exposition. As much as I, you know, I think exposition should be used sparingly, and it was used well in the backstory for everything. Um, I don't. I would have liked more. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think we could have got more. Um, and then uh, Tamis decides it is time to stop the fighting and die, telling Daniel to leave because of Bruda's death rattle. How he knew there was going to be a death rattle, I don't know. Did um, Adam say that? Adam's not, he... not there. No, yet. before oh. he sent him to Skyline. I don't know. Did he? I thought he did. did, I, did I and miss that's that? why that's why Daniel ordered Olam to go to Skyline to evacuate the place. Oh. Not to evacuate the place, but to like I don't know. Yeah. Start maybe, doing his thing. Maybe he, you know, is just seeing the light. Maybe he's seeing clarity right before he dies. But then Tamis fades out, telling Daniel that his mother says hi and that they love him. I like this, but it kind of took me out. Like a little, a little much, like him dying and being half into death, half still alive, half, half enough dead to see his mother, 
but alive enough to say something like i was just i was kind of like uh we love you son I, I i like the thought i just don't think that i don't think it was executed correctly for my taste but i like it it made me feel good on, on the inside it was cheesy cheese alert that's what Anna always says when I do something cheesy. Cheese alert. Man, she must keep that shit on repeat. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> well, what was uh Brandon Sanderson made a good a good commentary on like dad jokes on why why dad jokes are so bad. And it's because, you know, when you're raising a kid, you have to dumb a joke down so much and you have to do social cues to help them learn how jokes work. You also can't cuss. And you can't cuss either. So, like, that limits your world there, like, what you can work within. And so then dads just continue to do that. <laughs> so, like, dad jokes get a bad rap, but it's, like, they're kind of necessary uh, in their origins. I could I could see that. But, man, yeah. don't bring that shit to work. <laughs> People bring that shit to work, and I'm like, shut up. Shut up with them dad Put jokes. it to bed. Stop. Keep it at home, man. Keep it at home. <laughs> I ain't fucking here to listen to your punny ass shit. I'm here to hear people cuss at me and tell me I'm a piece of crap. I don't I don't know. Your HR must be a great place. <laughs> Do what? Oh, my HR? Yeah. But no, I agree with that. So uh, what are your thoughts on, on Chapter 51? You You enjoy it? I liked it. Like I said, I wanted more exposition, but I liked the exposition we got. And despite me wanting more, I thought it was a sufficient amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do wish we had gotten more though, and eh, I liked the I liked the fight scene. You know, here it felt abrupt and quick, but I mean. It's always gonna be quick. Yeah, I mean you can't drag you can't drag that stuff out. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. I like the whole like ritualistic side of the magic that you know isn't isn't their brand being yes. their undoing. Yeah, yeah. So, like druidic magic is the most power. Like druidic type magic is the most powerful in the world, as opposed to like sorcerer type magic yeah i like Like, ain't ain't nobody going to the winter hold uh school Mm -hmm. winter hold major school so we got like levels of magic you got like knack powder mages privilege pretty eye gods dinese dinese fireballs dinese Mm -hmm. fireballs (laughs) don't ever don't ever get one in the back in a don't back alley in Fatrasta. Don't ever get one in the booby hole. What no fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gancho. Um, chapter 53. Gringo. Or not 53, 52. Chapter 52. I about skipped us. Adamat arrives at Skyline as the rumble is heard. That death rattle is starting mm-hmm. to happen. Uh, he alerts the soldiers that Adapest is safe. Uh, and Adam, uh, as Adam arrives, yelling at everyone to get back, yeah. um, like get the hell out of here because it's gonna be like, it's gonna be like a shoulder crown. Yeah, and I like how 
he tells Adam at to get out. He's like, get out of here, uh, inspector. But he's like, would it make a difference? He's like, no, not really. He's like, yeah. I think I'm being stay with the God. Yeah, I think being next to him is better than like running off. Yeah. <laughs> um, Skyline collapses as Adam tries to contain the event. And uh, as the dust settles, Adam at rushes to Tavis's dead body. Uh, which, it, which at, appears after the dust settled like yeah, skyline just, the whole chapter is ba- or this part of this part of the chapter is basically adam at watching skyline sink more and more and more yeah and adam struggled more and more and more to contain the death rattle and proceedingly or increasingly looking like he's about to take a dump <laughs> exactly and so that's the picture i was painted and then skyline collapses dust goes everywhere dust finally settles and tamas is behind them tamas's dead body's behind them so so somehow adam had got it and moved it and that was not my that's not my interpretation of it but i'll explain it when we're done okay um because we have to talk about something else before my interpretation comes through um yeah and uh well, and everybody's like, well, where's Daniel Two-Shot? Yeah, and Adam announces that he is That's, dead. That is his grave you're looking at. And then he weeps. Adam weeps. Picks up Daniel, or picks up Tamis, and Adam says, and he witnesses a god uh, cry over a, was it a, a mortal or a war hero or something like that? I think war hero is what he, yeah. what he said. But that's that's the chapter. That's fifty two right there for you. Mm-hmm. Tamis dead. Tamis dead. Um, fifty three. Well, wait before you even go there. Yeah. Was there any? I mean, I guess it made sense that Tamis died. And Daniel, I think it made sense that they all died. Like his Ooh, yeah. whole plan. But I'm but I'm just thinking from like the narrative of the whole trilogy you know like the key players in my head daniel's a key player but the keyest of key players has been tamas i think he had to die too yeah yeah he had to because he he wasn't going to be able to live in this world this mm-hmm. new world with with ricky t-bags running the thing he 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 would have been too invo- too involved it, it would have been he would have been able to handle it and same with Daniel. Like, he wouldn't have been able to handle it either, you know? No. So, um, he had to die. He had to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sucks because he was kind of talking about it. Like, he kind of felt a little bit of relief when Ricky won. He, you know, he, And he, he kind of got to see the fruits of his labor. Yep. So, 53. Uh, less than a week later, Nyla and Bo are in the People's Court meeting with the regional governors to discuss the role of the cabal in the new government. The regional governors, along with the Hall of Magistrates and Rickard, make up the new government. Boa and Isla claim to remain independent, revealing that the cabal now consists of them, along with Laura and the rest of the powder mages. Mm-hmm. And they're part of the military now. Yeah. So... And they don't serve, they don't serve like the government. They serve the people. Yeah. They kind of like the the original governors kind of treat them bureaucratically you know kind of waste their time you know all this stuff and and they're like we'll we'll bounce we don't give a shit no we're gone we don't have we don't have to 
you know, we're not beholden by y'all. No, hell no. Uh, I like how the nuka ball is made up of all these different things, you know, as you know, as opposed to the way the way the world used to be. Like every nation had their own cabal and all this stuff. Uh, oh, what's it going to be? Just <laughs> Bo and Nyla, and yeah. then I mean, all the Kez privilege are dead, and that's pretty uh, cool. I like it. Yeah, I guess all the Burdanian privilege are dead. Yeah, all the ones that at least came with them. I I, I don't know if there was. I, I'd like to know what's happening in Brudania now. Like like. I'd because... also like to know it. No, and that's not true. I was going to say I'd also no because he didn't die. I'd also like to know if your god dies, your representative god, dude. What are the, happens to the privileged of that? I don't know if anything would happen because Adam technically died for a moment. No, his essence went immediately to. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I would assume that while he was between bodies, it would be the same as his, his being dead. Maybe, yeah. But regardless, um, I don't see. I guess we don't know that because Chrismer died, and so Chrismer well, died at the end. Yeah, so we don't know. But yeah. all the other, all the other ones have died too, and we haven't heard anything about. Oh, know, the Del and the Delip had their privileged, and we find that he killed the Delip God. Yeah, yeah. But now the question is, because see, like, technically the Brudanian as a Brudanians as a country were not involved. It was just Bruda disguised as Claremont, who wasn't the king of Bruda or Br- Brudania. He was just, you know, a very well-known Brudanian one. gorilla. Training. So he was like a, you know, a private sector type person. So like, I I would like to know what's what, you know, what's happening in Bruda right and Brudania right now. You know yeah um same with kez i'd like to, well we kind of know what we'll, we'll get to that um right uh Adam catches up with uh bola bola <laughs> yeah that's their name bola uh <laughs> ebola uh no they catch up with he catch up with bo and nyla giving bo some information that uh bo had requested of him um bo offers him the job of the spy master in the new cabal uh, he Adamat declines, telling him that he took Rickard's offer, uh, being a uh, uh, diplomat or uh, ambassador uh, that you know involves foreign travel and whatnot. Um, and then uh, they get ready for Tamis's funeral. So that was earlier on when when Rickard um, offered that position. He said that Faye had already taken it, which that's the second time that McClellan and Rickard has done that presented something to Adamat after already getting it approved by Faye. Also, like, Adamat can't just say yes, but Faye can. Yeah, like, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I, I, it was cool the first time it happened, and I'm like, it's happening again. It's like, one, like what you're saying, but then two, do you have any other ways of telling the story, Brian McClellan? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to nit. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be nitpicky, but I'm but when I'm nitpicking small stuff, you know, it's it means you're doing a pretty good job with the book. So, yeah, it's just small stuff. Um, Daniel and Capel uh, are not dead. They uh, ride up to. There's a small Delev encampment. That's between Bloodville, halfway between Bloodville and Adapest. Uh, 
and uh, they ride up to it to find Bo and Isla in front of a medical tent. Um, Bo says that whoever's in there is in there. Uh, Daniel. Did you know in. before they walked in who it was? Yeah, I knew right, like right before, like when when Adamat gave Bo this information, I was like. It's either Julene or Roselia. Because I thought Roselia would show up again. I don't know why she didn't. Yeah. Um, so I was like, this is either Roselia or Julene. But I wasn't sure. And then when when Taniel rides up and meets with them, and right before they go into the tent, I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's gotta be Julene because it's a medical tent and whatever, her hands and whatnot. And they had that promise. Yeah. I had kind of forgotten about all that. Uh so it was a pleasant surprise. Um, but yeah, Julene is inside and Daniel enters, you know, to make good on the promise of killing her. She asks him to reconsider. Um, he does so, leaving her alive on the condition that she forego any grievances that she has toward anything or anybody. Uh, yeah, that's Adran. Um, and then Daniel says that he has one final thing before he and Capel can disappear for good. Um, yeah, I like in this one how Nyla has kind of been pissed at Bo because he has been taking Daniel's death really easily. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was fun. There's a reason for that. Yeah. yeah and they make a good point. Like a post Tamis world is just not going to work for Daniel. No, they're going to expect him to be just like Tamis. And then also like, well, yeah, basically. And, yeah. But I like, I like, his reason for not keeping the promise because he was like like the way he's the way mcclellan wrote it was really good he was just like i made a promise because you asked me it was a request you made now that you're no longer asking the request why would i kill you you know he's tired of the bloodshed yeah 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 so like i like that i you know i think that was i thought that was neat um um it allows it also feels like there's healing Yes. Yes. Happening with Daniel. Well, and and also with uh with Catfish, um, with Julene, because she says she's she might be able to sense the else again. Yeah. Not not touch it, but get to it. And I think that's something that that would be that would benefit her. You know, maybe she can grow her hands. And she said maybe she could grow her hands back. That what she said. There's just some. She. I don't know if it's tongue in cheek, but she did say it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um. And now we're here with the epilogue. Newly promoted General Vlora arrives at her new home, left to her uh, and Tamis's will. As she thinks about the memories growing in that house, growing up in that house with Tam- Tamis and Daniel, uh, Daniel appears. Uh, it is revealed that Bayon Ippoli has gone into hiding. The Kez are close to a civil war. Alanska is still on the run. Cavril wants to reform the Mountain Watch. Um, <laughs> And of course, the, the the cabal. How how different the cabal is now. Um, Daniel and Flora forgive one another and hug for the fifteenth freaking time. Um, and then Daniel disappears as Olam walks in. And Olam goes, Are "You talking to anybody?" What you say? Nah, I, yeah, I was just talking to myself, like reminiscing about or talking with the ghost of the house or whatever. Yeah, yeah, something so, to that effect. I um, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, uh, we're all wrapped. Well, what do you think about the epilogue before we talk about the whole thing as a whole? I like the epilogue. I like the epilogue. 
but it was the closest that I came to what you were saying about the Hunger Games thing. Like reading off all those things that are left undone, it's like, damn, y'all left a lot of shit hanging, didn't you? But those that stuff that's hanging doesn't matter. Yeah. But it all got lumped in there at the end, you know. So yeah, and like, but I didn't I, have a problem with that because it wasn't relevant to the story. Yeah, but you would have thought we would have got Halanska though. That's my thinking. I I was thinking that I thought at least that thread would wrap up. The only thing that I don't like that got that that didn't get or the only thing I can think of that didn't get wrapped up in my eyes was the whole. Uh, Uh, his brother, uh, Florian, yeah. had that knowing smile, you know, that it's not all over. Or like he ought, like he accepted their terms like a little too quickly and had like a cunningness about him. Yeah. Like I thought there was going to be something tying it back to something. I don't know. And maybe it was he was planning the whole Civil War thing. Maybe. And and that's what I was thinking, like thinking back to the last episode and what our predictions were, it's like, or what we were thinking that was left open. Yeah, the whole Delev Kez maybe being one that was complete, you know, red herring on my part. <laughs> like that didn't mean shit. Um uh and um, you know, so yeah, what was what were all the stuff that was left out hanging? We needed to know who we needed to know who Bruda's other half was, it ended up being Karis. We needed to know who won the election. Ended up being Rickard. Needed to know, um, or we wanted to know more about Capel, which we kind of got. Um, we we got to know. We got to learn more about the gods. And then, yeah, um, we figured out Claremont's motive. Yeah, to kill Cres. Yeah, it's all about killing Cresimere. Uh, and and so yeah, I mean. A lot of things got wrapped up. I, I was pleasantly happy with the. Well, it wasn't about killing Kresimir because he never, he actually, the one thing he couldn't control was Kresimir coming back. He mentioned that. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he really, he, well, yeah. Kresimir was like an added bonus. He wanted to kill all the gods and unite the world, reform the world and unite it. And he'd be like the single god. Yeah. Or I guess the double god. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a, I liked it. The uh, Taniel ending is very similar to an ending to another fantasy series that I will not mention. Da, 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 that one? No. I thought it was very similar to Jon Snow's type of ending. Well, I mean more in the, the aspect of everybody thinking they died and they didn't. Yeah, I see. Yeah. The fact that you're not telling me means that it's something I, I haven't read yet. Yes. But you don't know everything that I've read that you haven't. Mostly true. That's like true. It, like it is almost spot on. Hmm. The, the intricacies are different. But it's... I will never understand the intricacies of high finance. High finance? Another Spongebob quote. He's, just buy, he's buy he's buying everything with Mr. Krabs credit card and he goes like he he the first time he goes and purchases something with a credit card he's like I can use this and he goes yeah and he's he goes so you're saying that I can buy this piece of plastic 
with this piece of plastic? <laughs> Whoa. I will never understand the intricacies of high finance. <laughs> That's funny. I'm just going to assume every reference you make from here on out is a SpongeBob reference. Might as uh, well. Yeah, might as well. Uh, uh, one thing I will say uh, about the whole series, I liked it all, but I feel like, and I, 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 I heard Brando Sando talk about this the other day in, in relation to something else, but you got to know what role certain characters play, right? So most, your main character needs an arc. Like there needs to be growth in a character. Mm -hmm. um, but not every character needs growth, you know? Like you, there needs to be some constants. Now there's exceptions to the rule. Indiana Jones never grows. James Bond never has growth. Well, some of Daniel Craig's movies, I guess, started to have growth, uh, like arcs in them. But for the most part, they are what they are. And you're there to watch them do what they do. They yam what they yam. They yam what they yam. And Tamas definitely has an arc in this. Mm -hmm. I think Adamat has a small arc. It's very faint, but it's basically, you know, coming to realize, you know, to to stop putting himself in danger, basically. Uh, it's a small little arc. Um, Nyla has a really big arc, um, really from, from book two onward. Nyla, Nyla has a, a decent arc there. Yeah. Um, but Taniel really doesn't. Taniel seems to regress and mm -hmm. get worse. And that's my real, I guess, my only problem with the story. Like, and, and see, Capel doesn't have an arc because she doesn't need an arc. Um, she's Taniel also had some real shit happen to him, too, though, like more yeah. so than anybody. Yeah. And that makes sense, but he never grew it from it, though. Like in, in a in the normal, you know, what what's the what's the he grew at the end maybe a little so, bit the fact that he didn't kill julene the fact that he, he was tired yeah. of all the bloodshed and stuff like that but of course he's gonna say that because guess what he got capable back <laughs> yeah you know and he did lose his father but regardless i mean um and yeah i guess he grew a little bit but like it, like it's the i'm not saying he grew a lot i'm just saying yeah there was, there was some hope there was a yeah, sign was hope. Yeah. yeah i'm with you but but I definitely felt like Taniel deserved more growth. Hell, I think Vlora got more growth than Taniel did. Yeah. And she wasn't in the first book at all, except for that one chapter. But damn it, she was the only character at Return to Honor. <laughs> yeah, her and Olam. Um, if anybody needed redemption, it was her after Return to Honor. And I think she got it. I think she got it. Um, <laughs> uh, Bo didn't grow at all, but he didn't need to. Like I said, like I said, I, not everybody has to grow, but I felt like Tanya would have. Uh, yeah. And he had moments to do it, like when him and Tamis meet again after they both think that they're dead. That was a moment that he could have went and grew out of it, but then he retreated back into it when when they took when they kidnapped uh, kidnapped Capel. It, it was just, and I get it. It's human nature when you're under stress and things like that to do that but like i said narratively it kind of felt weird it's that human he nature do. but i think it's to want to be better is i don't know to acknowledge your shortcomings and want to be better is like 
there's no way I can say this without sounding bad, so I'm just not going to say it. Well, and I think where you're going, I agree with, but also it takes experience to get to that point. You know, like I was saying, like priorities, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's not a priority for him yet. Yeah. Um, but I think he made the very grown-up decision to disappear. It's hard to just disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he it left on a good note. It's just like, I kind of was hoping there we we'd wrap that up a little bit better than that. But yeah. But um, but overall, I, I enjoyed the series as a whole. Really good series. I think I'm trying to think which one I like, which book I like better. Promise of Blood was my favorite. I think you're right. I think you're I right. I, mean, there, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's close either. There was definitely good. There were parts in. Let me think about it here. Promise of Blood was the best book for its consistency. I think there were some parts in Crimson Campaign and parts in this book that outshone some of the best parts in Promise of Blood, in my opinion. But Promise of Blood was more; it just delivered a more solid story. I was more, I was captured by the story the whole time. In Promise of Blood, yeah, yeah, that's what, yes, I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah, like it, it, it held your attention, and it was whatever. Like I said, the like, I'm trying to think in, in Crimson Campaign, like when that whole battle. Uh, in the fog and all that stuff when they're on the when Tamis is on the Kes side, that was an awesome uh, mm-hmm. thing. When when Mahali gets killed, was it was crazy. When Daniel goes up into Kresimir's, uh bedroom and steals his dirty sheets, that was pretty cool. Uh, and in this one, you know the um, Nyla using her powers and like you know doing something like that, those were cool moments and. Um, um, yeah, I mean, like, there's... I just think it was a bit, like, Promise of Blood was the best story. I agree with you. I think I agree with you. Yep, I like Promise of Blood. But I enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, I did too. I enjoyed too. the whole thing. Um, uh, but I am ready to uh, go into a different type of fantasy world now. <laughs> I was too. Like, I, like I was, when I was finishing, I was like, I, I really like the story, but I'm ready to move on. Um, but yeah, so I guess just to wrap this bad boy up on a bow or in a bow, um, is uh, yeah, this was a, a fun little dive into the world of the powder mages, and uh, um, I, you know, I, I still look forward to reading the other series in, in this world, but you know, at a later date, yeah, and uh, I hope that we get some cool new powers of powder mages you know some expansions on you know their capabilities or not necessarily expansions but things that weren't mentioned before you know and uh maybe we'll see you know privilege and powder mage hybrids and stuff like that i I don't know yeah but you know i look forward to some new manifestations of magic hopefully as well as new settings and yeah yeah maybe less war hopefully less war <laughs> yeah yeah there's a little bit too much uh of that in this one particular like it, well it wasn't too much of it it's just it was the focus for a long time 
I think it was too much of a focus for this book. Yeah. Because that, all... that was one of my gripes about the Autumn Republic. Yeah. Because because the Crimson Campaign was all war. It was all war, and by the end of the Crimson Campaign, it seemed like it was mostly decided. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and this one drug on even longer because of a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of was aggravating, but but yeah, how does uh, that I, I, I still don't understand how abandoning that parlay played into the ultimate story arc. Wait, doing what now? Like the Brudanians coming and capturing Capel. Like I know that that was the device, you know, for Brood's plan or whatever. Yeah. But I don't understand why we had to do the whole extra hundred pages of killing Kaz. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, we I got mean, that cool scene in Budvale. Yeah, and but I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I get it from Tam, you know, Tamis's perspective, thinking that it was the Kaz. You know, that 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 makes he sense. Finds out that it wasn't though, and he's like, "Well, oh, you talking about after he finds out, then then going into Budvale?" Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. I mean, at that point, they're already there, and they need to get data fest. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. Um, but I just you, didn't see how it served the ultimate storyline. Well, they got Christmas body. Okay, there's out that. Of it. There's so, that. Um. So yeah, that had to happen then. That had to happen. It, I don't think it had to happen like that, but yeah. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but they weren't going to get it in the in the initial parlay. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. So, um, it, it took uh, Ippoli dying. Basically. Not the Beyond J version either. Yeah, not no, yeah, not Beyond. Um, but um, but yeah. So there you go. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. Uh, look out there. Um, there will be at least one more episode just wrapping up the season towards the end of the, you know, towards the end of the year. Um, it might, it may be me and Matt, it may just be me, but it's just a wrap up of this year and getting ready for the next season. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, happy reading. 